We all know who QB1 and QB2 are in the 2024 NFL Draft Class, but who's QB3? We're going to go through trait by trait to find that out on today's episode of Renner Ranks. This is Renner Ranks, the ultimate NFL ranking show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Renner Ranks, your go-to daily ranks podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you to all the everydayers out there. Don't forget, subscribe, follow, like on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Helps a lot. I, of course, am your host, Mike Renner, NFL Draft Analyst over at The Messenger. And this Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by PrizePix. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code all lowercase LockedOnNFL for a first positive match of up to $100. I spent the week watching quarterbacks. Well, actually, I spent the week, good part of the week, going down, visit my good buddy Eric Eager, in Atlanta and Sumer Sport, checking out all that they have to offer there. But before that, I watched this quarterback class in depth, the top six, because having kind of triaged the tape of all these guys, I will say that I don't anticipate Quinn Ewers unless he has a monster playoff coming out in this year's draft. I don't anticipate Carson Beck after that SEC championship game and only one year as a starter. The Georgia quarterback, don't anticipate him. Coming out, and then Shadur Sanders from Colorado. Obviously, the whispers around him, his father even has stated that he'll be returning to Colorado next year. So I don't think those three are coming out. They would factor into this quarterback class if they did, but I don't think they will. So I focused on the top six then, how I see it, and how pretty much I think everyone is going to see it. Maybe not necessarily everyone, but the vast majority of people are going to see it in this class. You have, obviously, Caleb Williams, USC, Drake Mayfield, North Carolina. Those two are ones who are pretty much everyone's board. We'll see if that lasts from now until the draft, after people pick through their tape, get to overanalyze these guys. But that's how I see it at the moment. But I will say this quarterback in this class, I think is pretty close to those guys. Pretty darn good class, in my opinion. But those two at the top. And then you have the next four tier of J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. Two-year starter. I think he still could declare in this draft class, even if he has you know a few more years of eligibility left in Michigan. But... Going to get a chance to prove himself in the playoff. We shall see if he ends up declaring for this draft. We'll break him. We'll put him in that mix. Bo Nix from Oregon has to come out. Five years as a starter. It's time, dude. Let it go. Michael Panix from Washington. Six-year guy. Also has to come out. He's in that mix. And then I also threw in Jaden Daniels from LSU. After winning the Heisman, he'll 100% be in that mix. Another guy who's been starting since his true freshman year in 2019. Way back at Arizona State thrown to Brandon Ayuk way back when. Those are the six in this class. And so I'm going to go, and what I did watch in the tape of these guys in depth, was trait by trait, going to rank them and how they performed or how I think they fare in those relative traits. And so our categories here are arm talent, accuracy, decision-making, processing, poise in the pocket, playmaking, and then at the end, we're going to kind of give biggest strengths, biggest weaknesses, and I'll give you how I'd stack up this class at the moment. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Arm talent. This one, there's one answer right at the top. The number one guy, the more I watched this tape, the more I said to myself, he may have the single best arm I've ever seen. And it's Caleb Williams from USC. Not necessarily in terms of arm strength, right? Like, even this class, Joe Milton from Tennessee has a stronger arm. Like, he may, Milton may legitimately have one of the strongest arms I've ever seen. 
But arm talent to me is your ability to throw from different platforms, from different arm angles, from different body positions with velocity to different levels of the field. Take, put speed on it, take speed off it, throw with touch. That to me is arm talent. And it's just what can you physically do with your arm? It is, you know, what makes Patrick Holmes so special? What makes a guy like Josh Allen so special? Aaron Rodgers so special? It's the ability to just, without anything else being perfect, put the ball where it needs to be just because your right arm is a gift from God, right? Caleb Williams has that. He has some utterly insane throws on his tape. He he threw... Gosh, I mean, just the sheer number. He had a back shoulder throw against Rice last year from one from his left foot running left. After two steps out of the pocket, he threw a back th shoulder fade in the end zone from the far hash. It was just something I'd never seen before. Um, he had a 40-yard seed. Who was that one against? I should have it in my notes. 40-yard seed. Running right off his right foot with a man bearing down on him that came on a line, 40 yards on the football field. What he can do with his arm. And then he, you know, the sidearm stuff, the over the tops touch stuff, being able to almost like jump shot like you would a basketball, but with a football in the air. And it's what makes him so dangerous. And if you pair him with a good OC who can take, tap into that and tap into his legs as well and get him on the move outside the pocket, rollouts, that sort of thing, where the creation ability that he has that's so off the charts, you put him in that situation, he's just, he's not going to fail, right? The arm's too good. <laughs> he's, he's, people said similar things about Zach Wilson coming out, right? But Zach Wilson's not near the athlete. Not, the arm still does not hold the candle to what Caleb Williams arm has. It, he is special in that regard. So Caleb Williams won. I have Bo Nix too in this class. I think his arm gets really undersold, the Oregon quarterback. And now a big part of that, I mean, not necessarily a big part of it, but like he relies on it too much. <laughs> Truthfully, he is almost always off balance in the pocket, which is a gift and a curse in that he can do it. He gets away with it, but he needs to maybe reel it in a little bit. He could play with his cleats in the ground a little bit more and get, quieter feet in the pocket and we'll get to that when we get to pocket presence but he has throws on his tape more than anyone else where he sets up his feet one way and then throws either cross body or open body to manipulate defenders and that's stuff that you don't see a lot of in college he had a play against Arizona State where he sets up to a middle field safety for a corner route he sets up before the guy breaks to the corner, aiming dead at the middle of the field safety with his feet. So the middle field safety is frozen, and then he goes cross body with it to go to a corner route that if he just set up for the corner route, the safety breaks as soon as he sets up, right? The safety sees where he's going with football. He makes a play on it. He held him that split second to create a window, and you saw him do that consistently on tape because he has such a good arm. And that's something, that, again, there's quarterbacks in the NFL. Not... There's, there's the majority of quarterbacks in the NFL don't do things like that. He really has a talented, talented arm. So I put Williams as like elite tier. Nick's kind of in the tier right behind that. I would add Drake May, who's now third on this list, right up there with Bo Nix. And then after that, these guys all have good arms, 
JJ McCarthy, I, JJ McCarthy four, Michael Penix Jr. five, Jane Daniels six in terms of arm talent. They all have good arms. I, I don't think McCarthy, Penix, Daniels, I, I don't think they're elite. I don't think they're special. McCarthy has some really nice drive throws on his tape, but it's all drive throws, right? He does not put touch on the ball. And so when he's out, that's kind of what knocked him down my list in terms of pure velocity. I think he's right up there with Nixon May, but it's all velocity. His biggest knock, in my opinion, we'll get to that later, is that just the guy needs to take some off of some throws, right? He can't throw all fastballs. Um, he's a role this Chapman out there when he gets on the mound, when he gets behind center. The, the guy needs to have a little Greg Maddox to his game, shall we say. All right. On to the accuracy portion of this. So arm talent went Williams, Knicks, May, McCarthy, Penix, Daniels. And again, none of them have what I would even term average or above NFL arms. All six of those guys I saw on tape throw 60-plus yards on the football field. When you got that in the tank, you're good. You're good by NFL standards. All right. Accuracy. There were three guys in this class that completed over 70% of their passes last year. J.J. McCarthy, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix. Bo Nix had the second highest completion percentage of all time. So, uh, college football history. Only Mac Jones had a higher one. So, there are guys that can put the ball where it needs to be. I have it, though, ranked. I'll just say, I'll just do the rankings first, then we'll get into it. J.J. McCarthy, one. Jaden Daniels, two. Caleb Williams, three. Drake May, four. Bo Nix, five. Michael Penix, six. And now Nix, obviously, I just said he had the second highest completion percentage of all time. I am not worried about his accuracy whatsoever. I think those top five guys, everyone besides Nix, I would call accurate. You, you know, I'm not worried one iota about their accuracy projecting the next level. I think Nix and May are kind of in maybe that Trevor Lawrence tier of accuracy where it's like, you know, they'll miss throws. You're going to have to live with them missing a throw every now and then. But they make up for with their special ability to attack down the football field. So with their special traits, they make up for in that regard. Whereas J.J. McCarthy, not a lot of missed throws on his tape. The, the only ones I really saw, and again, he's not throwing nearly the amount that other guys are on this list. Only ones I really saw with him are far hash outs. He sailed a few. And, and then over the middle of the field, he will miss high. And he's a little bit of a strider when he throws. He has more of a step than other guys do in this draft class. And when you have a step, that can lead to air mails every now and then. But Dude completed over 70% of his passes, really just not throwing screens ever in that offense. 70% of his passes in just a downfield passing offense. Very impressive, his accuracy on tape. Daniels as well, his deep accuracy was lights out this year. Now that offense gave him a low variety of throws, shall we say. Like I would have loved to see more intermediate in-breakers, out-breakers on his tape. You get a lot of hitches, you get a lot of checkdowns, and then you get a lot of vertical routes. And the guys he was throwing vertical routes to are a top 10 pick and maybe a top 20 pick and Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. So a lot of windows that were favorable, but he's been accurate ever since Arizona State days. Like that's a trait that he has that makes him a unique sort of dude protecting the next level. So um, big fan of his game. Again, all these guys have accuracy. I don't think any of them are special, like, you know, Joe Burrow caliber accuracy. Um, the only one I do worry about a little bit is Penix. He had probably on the throw-for-throw throw basis the most just like, ah, that should have been better. That one was missed. Um, him I would worry about more if he wasn't such an attacking sort of quarterback. He wasn't the guy who really pushed it down the football field consistently. 
And so if you're not that accurate, you can make up for it by being aggressive, right? By creating big plays with your arm, creating big plays within an offense where other guys necessarily wouldn't. It's like a home run hitter baseball. You can strike out if you're going to make up for it otherwise. Penix makes up for it otherwise. Now, if you wanted to be a singles hitter, you can't strike out that much. And so I, I don't think there are really any singles hitters, though, in this class. I think maybe Knicks and Daniels are probably your closest singles hitters, but even those two attack. Like they, they Knicks' tape, he's going to get this, you know, check down, whatever, but it's because he had almost 100 screen passes. Like they can't change the calls. And the vast majority of calls that were in offense were not downfield consoles. And when he did, he was attacking tight windows and he was attacked with anticipation. So I don't think his ability to push the football field, push the football down the football field is a concern of mine whatsoever. All right, before we get to decision-making, today's podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to find, to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself in the tough moments, moments or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-M. All right, decision-making. Let's get into it. So decision-making to me, just like to preface, I think arm talent accuracy, pretty self-explanatory. Decision-making is basically just, are you putting the ball in harm's way? Because I think processing anticipation is, are you getting it to the correct read on time? That's what that the next one's going to be. But this one is, are you not misdiagnosing coverages entirely? Are you not putting the ball into a linebacker's chest? Are you not missing safeties? That sort of thing. All right. And so with that in mind, my top decision makers from one to six here, Jaden Daniels from LSU at one, Bo Nix, two, Drake May, three, Caleb Williams, four, Michael Penix, five, and then JJ McCarthy, six. We'll start with McCarthy, obviously being on the low end. Why I put him here is he was the guy to miss, again, kind of what I just talked about, miss defenders, miss underneath defenders specifically. He missed whole players. A lot of times he would have a crossing route working across the football field or maybe a post going across the middle line, and he would miss a backside defender falling either underneath the route or who was there in the first place that just didn't, uh, you know, just wasn't in his field of vision, and so he'd miss them entirely. So that, that's why he falls to where he does on this list. But again, it's a handful of plays over the course of the season. I don't think any of these guys, I'd say, had turnover problems were turnover prone by any means. And that's why, again, when we're going through step-by-step, step, there's none of these guys where I've really taken issue with anything. Now, that's why this is such a good quarterback class. There's no one who really has these, you know, if we go back two years ago, the class with Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, there were real issues that were already present on tape for a lot of these guys. A lot of the question marks in this class are, What's it going to look like at the next level with NFL level pr pressure, those sorts of things? Not necessarily we need to fix things already. Because you just look at the stats, the tape, the sort of production already. 
for you know your Heisman winner, for Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, another Heisman winner. Like it's really darn good. So these guys have good tape. And so from the decision-making standpoint, it's just pretty obvious. Jane Daniels has never thrown picks, right? He's ne- he, he's a guy who will turn down stuff because he's such a gifted runner. He probably runs a little bit more, at least in college, than he will in the NFL. But over the past two seasons, or over his entire career, turnover-worthy play metric, PFFs, 1.6% rate. That's lower than, for his career, is lower than Michael Penix's was this past year. So he, he's a guy who's protected the ball every single year. 10 turnover-worthy plays his entire LSU career, two seasons there. He does that well. Bo Nix, his turnovers or like his negative plays are arm arrogance related, in my opinion. Like he will try to fit a ball in that he really had no business fitting it in, which I thought was similar to like Will Levis coming out, but he's less of a degree than that. Levis had way too many windows he attacked, and you're still seeing it now in the NFL that he's, he's a little too confident sometimes in his combination of arm talent and accuracy. With Bo Nix, that's where he gets into trouble. He wants to force it, whether it's put it between a safety and a corner uh, and a hole shot in cover two, whether it's on the run, I can hit this window. That's where he gets into trouble. But working through his progressions, he rarely like misses a guy in his progression and just puts it in a defender's chest. That just doesn't happen. So that's, that's a good thing to have when projecting the next level. Drake May is probably a tick below those guys. I think those are one, two, like, confidently in terms of how they protect football. May and Williams are on is kind of similar playing to me. The one thing Will Caleb Williams, I worry about with him is fumbles. Had a ton of fumbles this past fall. 16 fumbles, according to PFF. That's untenable, right? And that's not necessarily decision-making, but I think you can kind of wrap it up in this, and that is just turnover aversion. That can't happen next year. That's, you know, you're you're gonna go down the Daniel Jones route. Should that be the case? So that's why I worry about them not necessarily throwing and stuff. And then with Penix, you just see it a guy who will throw some jump balls down the field. He'll throw into double coverage down the football field. He will just take some ill advised chances where you know the the uh the, the what's the analytic stat? The completion expected completion percentage is just tiny, right? He has some throws where it's like, why even give that chance? Um so that's where I worry about Penix, why he's ranked number five on this list. Because once you get to the NFL, those guys tend to have tend to have problems, right? You can't be throwing up jump balls in the NFL with, into double coverage. Those do not turn out well for you, more often than not. All right, on to processing in anticipation. I think these go hand in hand. So, so to kind of describe what I'm talking about here, it's can you... Diagnose coverage, get the ball where it needs to be at the time it needs to be there. So throwing before break to have the ball get there just when the separation is the biggest on, you know, posts, slants, outs, ins, whatever it is, putting the ball on time. And then from there, not only your first read getting on time, because a lot of guys can play with anticipation to the number one, right? Drop back, you see what coverage it is, you get, you know, a quarter's look in the post that you want to hit is a perfect read for that. Cool. You throw that anticipation. Awesome. But can you say it's a cover three in that post you wanted to hit? Isn't the look then? And they have a guy cutting it from the backside, say on a double post where it comes over the top. Now then can you get to your second read and hit it on the timing that it's supposed to be? 
that's something that's not easy, not nearly as easy to do. And we're going to talk about some guys who really struggle with that in this class. But the one guy who consistently did it the best on tape was Bo Nix. He was outstanding at this. I mean, it's why he gets called this checkdown guy. It's because he gets to those checkdowns so fast. He will be able to see, hey, my one, two, not there. And then hit the check down as soon as, you know, the linebackers are dropping to their deepest points, right? He gets to that guy underneath when the yak is maximal, when that's your best option. It's not a check down where it's like, oh, everything's gone. We're four seconds after the snap. I'm running for my life. Throw it to the running back who has a linebacker already closing on him. No, it's almost as it's part of the progression. He uses the check down. And then he's also just, again, barely turned the ball over. I think he had four turnover plays all season long. The guy is exceptional at getting to his read on time and quickly. And now he will predetermine throws at times. I do think that there were times where he thought one was going to be there and you really saw him commit to that. And when that was the case, he wouldn't get off that to number two. And there is some of that on his tape that he missed, flat-out missed guys on a second read that should have been there that you wish he would have gotten to. But... No one's going to be perfect in that regard. And the thing I love is that you've seen him get better at it every single year. And so big fan of Nix in that regard. May as well. May is a, just, a, just a tick behind Bo Nix, in my opinion. So Nix won, May too. And May is, that's why he works the middle of the football field so well. That's where you have to be able to utilize this skill, right? This is truly like where uh, the rubber meets the road in the NFL is over the middle of the field. Can you anticipate a window between two linebackers, between linebacker and safety, between two safeties? Because it doesn't open for long and it has to be on time. May does that extremely well. So I have Nick's May love Penix in this regard too. That's why he's so successful down the football field for as much as there are some jump balls in his tape. There's also some just threaded middle of the field throws, 10 to 20 yard range that Penix can do extremely well. I, I loved what I saw from uh, Jane Daniels in this regard this year as well. I think he's four on this list, a close four to Penix. Um, so it's Knicks, May, Penix, Daniels, and then I go McCarthy, five, Williams, six. And the biggest reason I have Williams, six in this is not that he can't throw with anticipation. He is kind of the guy who I talked about at the beginning where first read, anticipatory throws, elite. He's awesome at it. If you give him a schemed up first read, he will hit it to any level of the football field. It's just that his timing then getting to the second read and his footwork at times left a lot to be desired. I, I There were not then him getting to a second read and boom, quick, you know, knew it was going to be open based off the coverage, get it there. That it just oftentimes it was, I'm a little late. Let me fit it in there with my absurd arm. And now he gets a lot of leeway with that arm. The arm is sick. And that's why I'm so high on him is because it gives you so much leeway in that regard it allows you to play the game differently than even a Jane Daniels who has a good arm it just allows you to play differently than even he can play the quarterback position because of how quickly he can get a 20 yard out to where it needs to go the windows just stay open longer when you got that so big fan of him in that regard but he needs to improve this part of his game needs to improve it or else he needs to go to a place where it's de-emphasized in its importance. And that kind of the second and third read, there's just second reaction plays. There's just his legs because it is so good in that regard that if you kind of 
add that into your scheme or add that into your calls, I think it could be a dangerous weapon. All right, before we get to poise in the pocket, this podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Hopefully, you don't paste that $5 money line bet on the Packers to beat the Giants like I did halfway through that game when it was still close. I'm like, there's no way they lose this game. Well, guess what? They lost this game. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, the last couple here. Poison the pocket. One, Michael Penix Jr. Two, J.J. McCarthy. Three, Drake May. Four, Caleb Williams. Five, Bo Nix. Six, Jaden Daniels. Let's get into it. Off the top, Michael Penix Jr. is the best quarterback at avoiding sacks in college that I've seen. The dude refuses to take sacks. He took 30 sacks his entire college career. Six years he's been playing football. Now, he's banged up a lot of that. But full-time starter last two years, 30 sacks. 1600 drop, over 1,600 dropbacks, only 30 sacks. Because, one, it goes back to how well he plays with timing, processing anticipation. And two, the guy is just fearless in the pocket. He's fearless when pressure's bearing down on him. He will still make throws. So I'm a big fan of him in that regard. Why I still don't think that even if he had some duds down the stretch this season, that I want to give up on him entirely as a prospect. Because that is such a good trait to have when translates to the next level. He's fantastic in that regard. J.J. McCarthy is probably the best. So he's number two on this list. Probably the best in terms of making throws from tight quarters and not being phased. He took more sacks, way more sacks than Penix did on a per-play basis, on like a rate basis. But he would have throws from, you know, his left tackles walk back, his right tackles walk back, and it didn't matter. Step in, seeds down the middle of the field. So... Those two are the best in those kind of specific aspects of poise in the pocket. To me, Drake May is similar, is close to McCarthy in terms of his ability to just throw from tight quarters. He's great at that. Now he gets kind of points taken off him because he drifts in the pocket. He'll needlessly put his tackles in harm's way. He'll get way over to the left, right by his left tackle and kind of invite pressure onto himself more than you'd like. So I'd like for his feet to calm down a little bit. You watch him, and he looks jittery. He's got that Peyton Manning footwork where they're just always tapping, tap, tapping. Could stand to just calm down just a touch. Just a touch. But I, I still think he can, when you know things go south around him, there's no panic to his game the way some of the other guys that are lower than him on this list do. Now, Caleb Williams, he he's a enigma in that he can do all this stuff. He can stand in there, deliver. He can move subtly in the pocket, deliver strikes. He can move really with urgency in the pocket, get out of there, get out of tight quarters, deliver strikes. It's that he hangs on to the ball for dear life. That's the problem. He's going to take a lot of sacks, right? That's why you've heard whispers of, amongst Bears fans especially, reminding them of Justin Fields. His pressure to sack rate this past year was almost 25%. That means on almost quarter of his pressures, he turned them into sacks. That's just, you'd, you'd like that. So guys like Michael Penix is almost 5% for his career. 
Bo Nix is under 10%. You want to be closer to that. The elite NFL guys are closer to the 10% range. So just going to take a few more sacks than you'd like, but he's so good at getting out pressure that I don't think it's really an issue. In my opinion, the guys I would worry about are Bo Nix and Jane Daniels. Nix, even if he's taken very few sacks, even if he gets rid of the ball, he does not move subtly. Because he's always, like I said, he's always kind of off balance whenever he's throwing. He's never kind of calm, in the pocket, set, delivering. That's just not the way he plays the position. And so when pressure comes, his first instinct is bail. He's a quick bailer out of pockets. It's it's a similar trait to Zach Wilson, right? That that scares you when projecting the next level. And that's the biggest worry with him by far. Well, and especially when you consider that Oregon's off the line was fantastic. It was barely under pressure, just over 100 dropbacks this year under pressure. That's not a lot. And so when he's under pressure so infrequently and has such major reactions to it, I just worry what that's going to look like. Is he going to be able to maintain through progressions when pressure hits in the NFL? The thing is, though, for as panicked as it kind of looked, his reactions are as exaggerated as they were. He wasn't putting the ball in harm's way when under pressure, and he really did avoid sacks still. So... Yeah, he'll get caught from behind more in the NFL than he did in college. He's a very good athlete, very escapable, but no one is infallible once you get to the NFL unless you're like Lamar Jackson. No one can consistently just break pockets. So I worry about that to his game. Um, we shall see, though. It's really easily the biggest question mark that I just think no one knows how it's going to translate. The last one on this list, though, Jane Daniels, because why I'm so worried about Daniels in this regard. And it's, it's not super worried. He made big strides this past year just in terms of delivering under pressure. Previous years, though, you would get quick eye drop versus pressure. His average depth target would go way down. He wouldn't attack down the football field. This year, that changed. This year is much better in that regard. But also, when his eyes do drop, so if you get eye drop from Jane Daniels, when you get him to feel pressure, he's immediately a runner. If he really has to react to it in a strong way, he turns into a runner. And that's just something that, you know, He's, a, he's incredible as a runner. We'll get to that in the playmaking aspect here in a second. He is so athletic. But can you survive on that every time pressure hits? Can you only turn into a runner when you have to break pockets, when you have to step up all in you know multiple steps up in a pocket? I don't know. It remains to be seen. So that's why I have him last on this list. Into playmaking, I rank them. Caleb Williams, they, they all have this except for Mike Penix, honestly. They're all exceptional in this regard. But I rank them Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Drake May, J.J. McCarthy, and then Michael Penix Jr. Penix is the only one who just like doesn't really break the pocket to throw. He's a pocket passer through and through. He has some athleticism to his game. like He can run a little. I don't think you're ever really going to get involved in that regard, though. Caleb Williams, you, if you've watched uh, you know, any sports center ever <laughs> after a Saturday that he's played, you know this. Um, he has special ability to create. He's as good as it gets in that regard. It's almost like, can you build the whole airplane out of this playmaking at the next level? Because it's that good and that dangerous and that field expanding. Can you create so many explosive plays with it? So wherever he goes to, needs to really tap into that. He's outstanding. And then Jay Daniels right after that in terms of, the guy's ran for over 1,000 yards each of the last two years. He probably has low 4-4 speed. I mean, not probably. You can see it on the football field. He'll be a tier one rushing threat with... You know, Lamar, Anthony Richardson, Justin Fields, when he steps on an NFL football field, can you give him easy throws? Because he's accurate with that rushing threat, accurate down the field with that rushing ability. It's a great combination to have. And 
it, I think if you can't scheme him into a productive offense, that's a you problem, not necessarily Jaden Daniels problem. I have Bo Nix three on this list. He made a lot of plays outside the pocket. Um, they even schemed up some stuff, like some wide rolls for him to really get into that playmaking ability. I, I think his speed's underrated. I would bet he runs in the high four fives if you were to run pure 40. Like the guy can really get out and move. I, I think similarly with Drake May, maybe low four sixes for May, but both those guys have that in their arsenal. They break pockets to throw though, and then run as a last resort. But when they do run, it's still dangerous. And the reason I didn't put JJ McCarthy as high as those two, even if he's on that tier in terms of arm strength, athleticism, is that he just doesn't have the touch as a playmaker that those two do. He can't really feather in balls. He has to drive them in when he's outside the pocket. And when he drives in, that just leads to too many times I thought he put the ball, or could put the ball in harm's way. So there's your playmaking rankings. On to some final thoughts of this class. The biggest strength and biggest weaknesses for each. Biggest strength for Caleb Williams, easily the arm talent. For Drake May, I think it's the touch that he plays with. Jay Daniels, it is those wheels. It is his ability to absolutely fly. J.J. McCarthy, it's drive throws over the middle of the field. He can put a seam route in there. He can put a dig route in there with the best of them. Bo Nix, it's just the tools. It's just being able to throw on the move, being able to run. He has a lot to work with from a physical perspective. For Michael Penix, it is that sack avoidance that is so special that is going to keep you on schedule at the next level. Biggest weaknesses for each. Caleb Williams, it's his progression timing. We hit on that one big in the anticipation or the processing aspect. Drake May, it's his pocket drift, getting himself into trouble when he doesn't need to be. Jane Daniels, it was the diversity of throws. And just kind of, again, sticks goes, sticks goes in that offense. That's, you just would have liked to have seen more um, in that regard, just in terms of, again, the diversity of throws that he makes. JJ McCarthy, it's the layering of throws, touch throws, just not on his tape. Just doesn't do it. Bo Nix, it's the footwork in the pocket, just always falling off of throws, always off balance. And he gets away with it, but you're never going to be that accurate when that's all you do. And then with Michael Penix, I honestly just think it's the accuracy. He just missed a few too many. And then when you miss that many throws and can't make up for it in another regard in terms of like playmaking yourself, I'm going to worry about that. So my comps and final round grades for each. Drake May, my comp is a more athletic Ben Roethlisberger. Round grades, top five grade. Caleb Williams, comp for him is just like Kyler Murray if he was normal sized, right? <laughs> and, and had a stronger arm. That They play similarly. They play like a frantic style of football that you're going to live and die by the, the creation ability that they have. You just get that's just going to be the case, but he's so physically gifted that it's it's going to work out because because he can do it at such a high level. So he's just a you know Kyler Murray on steroids sort of guy. Uh, Jane Daniels cop for him is RG three. I have him with a first round grade, not necessarily any higher than that. Um, JJ McCarthy, the comp for him was a more accurate Christian Ponder, and I also have a first round grade on him now. I think he could still stand to come back to school because if he learned how to throw with touch a little bit better, you're looking at a guy who go top five. I don't think he goes top five if he declares this year unless he lights the college football playoff on fire. Just don't see it. 
Michael Penix Jr., I have a second round grade on at the moment. We'll obviously get to see him in the playoffs, see if that changes. Comp for him is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he's a guy who can hang around, do a lot of good things. You're just going to get some ups and downs with a guy like Michael Penix Jr. And then finally, Bo Nix, I have a top five grade on. The comp for him is a smarter Zach Wilson. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? It remains to be seen, but he has talent is off the charts with him, man. I'm really floored. I do think people talk about him in a way that uh, is not consistent with what I saw on tape. Like he is a downfield passer with a cannon, with high-end tools that is really figuring the game of football out in a big, big way that I'm very excited to see how he continues to develop once he gets to the NFL. So there you have it. Top five QBs. I agree. Top six QBs. I go Drake May, Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, Jane Daniels, JJ McCarthy, and Michael Penix. Very excited to see how this QB class plays out. Tomorrow we have Austin Gale on the show of The Ringer once again. Sorry if you missed the past few days. Again, I was out visiting my buddy Eric Eager in Atlanta, but excited to be back. And until next time, you've been listening to Renner Ranks, our Lockdown Podcast Network.